0: Good day, dear listener, and welcome aboard the Ozma. We have an exciting show planned for you, but before we get too far, a word to the wise. Though Project Ozma is considered to be a comedy, the humor involved is known to contain swearing, allusions to sexual themes, as well as themes of minor violence. A more in-depth description of this content as well as the transcript can be found in the description. Thank you and we hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: There's something to be said for hearing that your best friend has been a supervillain in training for the past five years, and then immediately after stopping by to chat with the most powerful being in the... everywhere, probably. It puts things into perspective. In fact, by the next morning, I'd completely forgotten about everything else. Unfortunately for me, everyone else seemed to still be hung up on yesterday's news. The moment Quinn and I stepped into the dining hall, well we were greeted with the most awkward silence I've ever been forced to endure. But for the first time since that fiasco of a presentation, they weren't all looking at us with barely concealed contempt and or pity. There was still plenty of that, sure, but also some respect, maybe? Likely disregard, or at least a little more caution, especially when it came to Quinn. Anyway, after everyone had gotten a good long look at us, the general chatter ensued. And Quinn and I, we made a beeline for the only four people aboard the Ozma who we were pretty sure weren't out to get us. Percy, Quinn, I was beginning to think you two weren't going to show up. And I was just telling Kamui these next few days are supposed to be absolute torture. You see, this is when they, the council that is, decide which planets get to remain independent and which become colonies. And the process is really very exciting. You see, I've read all about it, and believe me, you won't believe how they go about- You're
2: rambling again.
1: Uh, uh, Thank you, Tonic, but you see, it's all so interesting- isn't that right, Kamali? What? Oh, yeah. Absolutely
0: riveting. Uh, Himeo, why don't you tell Nehawk here just how fascinating you found all the things he told us about the... things.
2: No, I couldn't possibly steal the spotlight away from my noble ruler. You go ahead. Exactly what part of the... information did you enjoy? Nehawk, maybe you should ask Queen Persephone how she feels about the upcoming verdict.
1: Yes, how do you feel? I know Kamui is very confident, but I must admit I'm a little nervous. How do you think it'll go? I'd understand if you were a bit on edge, especially after- So,
2: Persephone, how do you feel about the upcoming verdict?
0: Well, I, uh... Welcome to another morning aboard the Ozma. I would like to inform all our young rulers that their presence is required in the library in order to present their final defense of their planet in front of the... in front of the council.
1: Quinn, what the hell is this? I...
0: I... I don't know. I... I must have missed something or... Is this some kind of joke? There's
1: nothing in any of the books about anything like this. And they haven't given us any time to prepare.
0: They can't do this.
2: Don't worry, Neahawk. I'm sure it'll all be Oh,
0: I wouldn't count on it. You see, all that other stuff, uh, just a warm-up. This is the real deal. Nobody asked you, Mieli. And besides,
1: where did you even come from?
0: Oh, I just wanted to see you one last time before your silly little planet becomes a colony. Pay my final respects. And let me
1: humiliate you one last time. You shouldn't have.
0: <laughs> like your wonder tool. You
1: mean this is standard procedure? B- but we don't know what the council wants! How can we defend our planet like this without warning? I need research, rough drafts, editing, uh, and-
2: Deep breaths. We've got this. Now- This
0: is outrageous! They can't just expect us to accept- Actually, they expect you to do just that, if you want to keep that ball of dust you call a home under your control.
1: Oh, fuck off, Mieli. Come on, guys, let's just get this over with. Why wasn't I freaking out, you ask? Well- First of all, there was no way in hell I'd give Mieli that satisfaction. And besides, I'd been bullshitting my way through the entire process already. Once more wouldn't hurt. Honestly, I'd say that my chances now were higher than they'd ever been. This was something the Council wasn't expecting us to prepare for, and so we hadn't. Which, of course, meant that there was no way anyone could have sabotaged it.
0: Queen Persephone of Earth, the Council is waiting for your defense.
1: Ready? Yeah. Yeah. And besides, if I mess it up, I'm sure you'll figure out some way to fix it.
0: Nah, I won't need to. You've got this. All you need to do is win them over with your charm. And that is what you're best at. You and your buddy, Vaiza. Now, get in there and make me proud. I'll be right out here waiting for you to blow them away. You're right. I can do this. Piece of cake.
1: Spoiler alert, it wasn't. Once I stood there facing them, all my bravado flew out the window. Visa somehow managed to be even more regally intimidating today, and the rest of the council weren't much better. That thing people say when they feel the weight of everyone's eyes on them, that they wish they could sink through the floor, I'd never understood that expression before. Now, though, the ground could start swallowing me any time. Before, the council felt far away. Mixed in with the rest of the rulers and guards, they were just another face in the crowd. But now, it all felt Personal. They were all so close, and just being near them, I could feel why Visa had selected them as her equals. It was daunting, to say the least. And being in the spotlight now, it felt like an invasion of personal space. Huh. <sighs> invasion. Like what would happen if I didn't keep my shit together. But that's beside the point. Being under the scrutiny of the Council alone? Well, this was incredibly nerve-wracking. So, Queen Persephone, tell us why should your planet remain independent And why are you fit to rule it? Because... uh, Because we're not ready yet. You are... Not ready to be independent? Yes! I mean, no. I mean... I'd really like for us to remain independent, of course. But I understand what we must seem like to you. This is the first time we've sent a representative aboard the Ozma, for Christ's sake. And, as I've learned the hard way... We have no idea how any of this works. Earth is a new kid on the court, right? And there's no chance we can hold our own against, well, anyone else, really. Honestly, if I were you, I'd think we were unfit to be independent. And it was at that point that I realized that I had no idea where I was going with this. I had been trying to build up to one of those compelling speeches they make in movies where they tell the hostile alien army just why the Earth deserves to be left alone despite all of the bad stuff they just lined up. And I'd done the first part. I'd gotten the Council's attention. I'd made the start of a compelling case for why we should be invaded. Now all I had to do was say, but that's where you're wrong, and deliver the crushing finale that would sway them all. And for probably in the first time in my life... I had absolutely no idea what to say. Because it hit me that I didn't know if Earth was ready to be independent. I mean, just look at our history. If there's one thing humanity has been consistently good at, it's fucking up. Wars, colonialism, global warming, human monsters and the millions of people who follow them blindly. The goddamn fucking academy. How the hell was I supposed to convince the Council that we deserved control of our planet when I wasn't even sure I believed it myself? Queen Persephone, do you have anything else to say? Yes. Yes, I do. Because, you see, there's... there. Consider humanity's potential. From the day they arrive on the planet and blinking step into the sun. There is more to see that can ever be seen. More to do than... Yes, it was Doctor Who. The Christmas Invasion, actually, aka the episode that Quinn forced me to watch with her about a million times during one of her phases. And luckily, it turns out I picked up the words the doctor uses to defend humanity against an invading alien army during one of those rewatches. Even luckier, when they resurfaced from my subconscious, they brought a cascade of memories with them. Quinn, age 8, standing up to her parents for the first time because they'd insulted me. Quinn, age 13, shyly presenting our homeroom teacher with hand-baked and awkwardly iced cookies on the last day of school despite the faces our classmates made. Quinn, age 15, speaking up in class for the first time to defend a person she didn't even know. Quinn, age 16, whispering her plans of what she wanted to do next, how she wanted to help people. Quinn, age 18 graduating at the top of the class and never once bragging about it. Quinn, age 23, telling me how she defied a criminal mastermind because she knew what they were doing was wrong. Quinn, my best friend, believing in me despite how much I'd already fucked up. And then I remembered what I had told Visal last night, that I shouldn't give up on everyone, that sometimes people can surprise you. Knowing that, and knowing that there was at least one person on Earth who deserved my faith in her, I continued with my crushing finale. As I said, we're the new kids on the block, and we might need you to explain the rules to us. But do you know what we'll do then? We'll learn, just like I have here aboard the Ozma. Because humanity has done shitty things, still is, in fact, just like I'm constantly finding new ways to mess up on this station but do you know what else we're doing? All of us? Trying. There are so many people out there trying every day to improve themselves and the world around them. We know we've done bad things, but we never stop trying to be better, even if we fail time and time again. And we are getting better. Slowly. You might not be able to see it at first, but it's happening. We're helping each other. We're standing up for ourselves and for others. We're fighting for what we think is right and for all those who never got to make their voices heard. And a planet like ours, a planet that's young and inexperienced, has so much left to learn. So many possibilities, so many roads to explore. So much potential. Just imagine what we could do with all the knowledge aboard the Ozma. If you let me go back and rule... I swear to you that I will take all the things I have learned here and use them. All of them. To help my people continue to grow, and to try, and improve, and learn. Maybe it wasn't as effective a speech as the one David Tennant delivered, but I hope I'd gotten the message across. And when I dared to look up and meet Viza's eyes, she was smiling at me. Very well. We shall convene and consider your argument. You are free to go. Yeah, right. Thank you. So I left. My hands were shaking as my nerves were completely frazzled. Luckily, I didn't have to go too far. The door shut behind me and Quinn was there, waiting and in my face. Percy, how did it go? So much for knowing I'd blow them away, huh? Percy. Right, of course you weren't waiting out here for them to kick me out and proclaim Earth a colony. (laughs) I mean, how could I not? Now tell me, how did it go? Good, I think. But now, Earth's fate rests in the Council's hands.
0: Project OsmA is a Goose Thunder Network-produced podcast. Today's episode, The Final Defense of Earth was written by Ilva and Megan and edited by Sterling Ray, with sound editing by Cole Burkhart and Sonny. Music was composed and performed by Benny James. The voices you heard in today's episode in order of appearance were Allison as Percy Owen as Nihak Greg Froze as Taunik Ari as Kamui Alan Winter as Hemio, Benny James as A.I. Petra as Quinn Emma Currens as Mieli, Zoe Kansas as Servingbot, and Jay Virginia as Visa. Want to continue to stay up to date on all things Ozma? Follow us on Tumblr at Project Dash Ozma, on Instagram at Project Ozma Podcast, or on Twitter at Project Ozma.